Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Pursuing Jesus Podcast. My name is Shane Winnings, and we are talking about politics in the church. What do you think? Should the church be involved in anything political? Short answer, a hundred thousand percent yes. And I'm going to tell you why, and it's not my opinion. It's biblical. Um, Guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing the podcast. Quick announcement, Overcomer School coming up. We are less than two months away. We got three more applications yesterday. This thing is going to fill up quick. If you guys want to get into a five-day intensive, a deep dive on your identity in Christ, on the gifts of the Spirit, on fasting and prayer, and just being equipped to walk boldly as a Christian, as a spirit-filled believer and do the things that Jesus did and have confidence and just walk around as like a blazing fire for God. I truly believe that this uh, five-day school is going to help you and uh, it's happening in July. So go to shanewinnings.com and you can find out more info. You can see the itinerary and you can apply. It only takes five minutes. So please uh, check that out if you're interested. Finally, guys, we are looking for 19 more partners. We are on pace right now. We got another partner yesterday. Thank you so much for you who signed up and for you who already give. We are calling on one person a day in the month of May to commit to give a dollar a day or $30 a month. Uh, You know, we had this big goal and maybe the goal was too big or people didn't feel like they could make a difference. So I broke it up by month. So we're going to do a May, a June and a July campaign. And I think we'll hit it. Uh, We've been trying to reach this goal since January, but we need, uh, for the month of May, we need 19 partners to commit to a dollar a day. And so if you are blessed by our ministry, if you want to support us, if you want to help us out, go to shanewinnings.com, click on donate, sign up to be a monthly donor, and just sign up for a $30 a month commitment. Thank you so much. And uh, by doing so, also, you will have access to our monthly donor Zoom. Can't wait to see you on there. We have a great time. All right. Let's get into this. We are talking about politics in the church. Now, here's what the Bible says. Proverbs 29.2 When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, the people groan. I just think that's so interesting. Like, Proverbs is a book of wisdom, right? So why would it be talking about politics... And, and people in positions of authority if it was something that we weren't even supposed to pay any attention to or have any part of. Guys, there's a, there's a simple principle here, and I would argue that everyone knows it. And it says it right here. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, the people groan. How many of you have groaned in your lifetime because of what leadership have done? whether it was your boss or your mayor, your governor or your president, making bad decisions, making selfish decisions, making decisions at the cost of us, people who work in the government who try to tell us that we can't worship, we can't have Thanksgiving with our families, we can't, we have to wear a... Give me a break. People groan. When wicked people are ruling. Here's the problem. I'm going to break it down. 
And look, I'm sure that there are people who have done a way better job at talking on this subject than me, but you know how I am. I try to keep it real. I try to keep it simple. My podcasts aren't incredibly long. They might not even be filled with incredible wisdom, but I do believe there's simple revelation in each one that will just help you. Look, the goal is to pursue Jesus, not to be an expert in every uh, topic. Here's what I think regarding politics. The church has gotten out of hard conversations under the guise of labeling things political. For instance, the issue of abortion. People say, look, I don't, we don't talk politics at this church. I'm sorry, I didn't know that the murder and dismemberment of a human being was a political issue. I thought it was a life issue. I thought it was an issue of humanity. Because God seems to care about it an awful lot. But when we label it as political, you know, then we can deflect and we can back away from it and say, well, we don't talk about politics in this church. And then there's a further idea that just because something may be political, that it should not be discussed from the pulpit. Let me tell you something. The enemy does not take a day off. What did the enemy offer Jesus when he was tempting him in the wilderness? Kingdoms, right? He said, all of this is, your, is, is mine. I give it to you. Satan can't give away something that he doesn't own. Now remember that man had dominion in the beginning, and what did we do with it? We handed it over to Satan. Now as Christians, we have the ability to take back what the enemy has stolen. Take back and redeem what sin did. Because Adam and Eve literally handed the enemy all the dominion over the earth. That's why the enemy was able to offer it to Jesus. Jesus called him the ruler of this world. That's because he is. Satan is running this world right now. The Bible says in the New Testament, it says that the days are evil, but it is up to us as Christians to redeem the time. What do you think of that? We can't fall into this like false sense of security that, you know, God is just... It, you know, everything is fine and God is just working. God is working all things out for the good of those who love him. But do not be mistaken that the world, while it, while it may be in God's hands as and saying that as God is Lord of all, he's the master of all, like no one's more powerful than him, God also has allowed free will and God allows things to play out. Clearly, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Like, th this has been allowed from day one. The enemy was allowed to tempt Adam and Eve, and they, in their free will, were allowed to give in to temptation and hand over the dominion to the enemy. So, it's not wrong to say the whole world is in God's hands, but Jesus said, well, Satan is actually the ruler of this world. So, we need to understand our role. Satan is running the world, and that should be clear to you. Turn on the TV. Get on Instagram for five minutes. Satan is running the world. But it is up to the Christian to redeem the days. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling 
wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. That are evil. It is up to the Christian to tell everyone that they are under the sway of the wicked one and that there is only one way to be redeemed, to be forgiven, to be set free, to receive eternal life, and it is through Jesus Christ. There's only one way to have your heart of stone redeemed and made new into a heart of flesh. There's only one way to have your mind renewed so that you can have the mind of Christ. There's only one way to be born again because you're born into sin, and that is through Jesus Christ. If Christians are not saying these things, then it's not going to happen. Are you with me? The enemy is running the world. And so with that being our foundation... If the pulpit isn't in politics, the people will suffer. Why? Because the enemy doesn't take a day off. And because people are not born as Christians. So if Christians are not involved in politics, then only non-Christians will be. If a lot of people in the church had their way, Christianity would be completely removed from politics, and who would be left? Think about this. If in the think about if we changed it from politics to social media. Social media, it's demonic. We shouldn't have anything to do with it. Christians should have nothing to do with it. Say that every Christian got off of social media. Who is left on social media? Flesh-driven people. The flesh is sinful in nature. Demonically driven people, people who have partnered with the enemy to make things happen. There, there are people who are just living by their flesh and they're in ignorance and they don't understand that they're in bondage and they need to be set free. And then there are people who are on a different level who have actually partnered with the enemy, sold their soul to the devil so that they can do the things that they want to do. If every Christian left social media, what kind of content would kids see? Would, would people see, not even just kids, because adults are just as valuable as kids, and adults need to be born again too, not just kids. If only flesh-driven content was on social media, no one would ever get saved. Guys, this is so easy. When it comes to politics, it's the same way. If Christians aren't speaking into politics, then only one voice will be speaking into politics, and the people will suffer because the wicked will rule. This is Proverbs 29. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be governed by someone who's demonically influenced or driven by their flesh. I don't even want to be uh, friends with someone who is demonically influenced or driven by their flesh. I wouldn't be in a relationship with someone who is demonically influenced and driven by their flesh. Why would I want a person like that representing the people and leading the entire country and making big decisions or leading my state and making big decisions and trying to tell me what I can and can't do? Guys, this is so easy, and it's even bigger than my life. We're talking about abortion laws. We're talking about transgender laws. We're talking about child mutilation. We're talking about uh, custody battles between the state and parents who don't want to affirm their kids getting a gender surgery. I mean, guys, this is real stuff that is happening. Do you even care? Because if you're a Christian and you say, well, we should stay out of politics, what you're saying is, 
uh, that stuff's that stuff's uncomfortable. Let's just stick to the gospel. Well, what does the gospel do? It transforms. The gospel is the truth of life. That means that the gospel should change us so that we go out and we make the world around us look like heaven. Jesus even told us to pray on earth as it is in heaven. Do you think that there is a uh, godly system of government? Well, there sure is. There's a hierarchy. The Lord is at the top. The Bible says that in the end times, we're going to rule and reign with him. Who are we going to rule over? So now we're ruling over people? That sounds political. I don't know, Jesus. We should probably stay out of it. Guys, you got to be kidding me. Like, doesn't this just sound silly? It's a co- I'll just say it for what it is. I don't care who's listening. It's a cop-out. Here's what pulpits should not be doing. Pushing a political party or a political uh, agenda. They shouldn't be doing that. That's not your job. From the pulpit, your job is to preach. Now, is it wrong for a pastor to say, hey, there's a legislation up right now that wants to let kids mutilate themselves? You know, you can't even join the military till you're 18, but you can cut off your own genitals when you're a preteen because you're confused. Anybody here think that's wrong? Like, you should be able to address, you should be addressing your congregation with stuff like that, and you should speak life into that situation. You should bring the truth of the gospel into that situation because there are people in delusion, and us as Christians hopefully are the ones that are hearing God, rooted in His Word. We're not deluded by the world. We're not confused. We're walking in truth. We're walking in purity. We're walking in integrity, and we are walking in boldness, which means we're not afraid to say what needs to be said. But a pastor should absolutely be telling his people why this is wrong. I would totally say that. Hey, here's a new law that's out. What do you think of this? Kids should be able to cut their own genitals off. Let's talk about it. It's wrong, and every single one of us should go out there and vote against this because it is a demonic law. You see how that has nothing to do with a person? That has nothing to do with a political party. That's just a that's that's a biblical issue that needs to be spoken about. Same with abortion. Hey, there's a law out or there's a movement out where people think that it's a clump of cells or it's a woman's right to choose or it's not a body or it's what let's talk about that. Let's talk about Psalm 139. Let's talk about God knitting you in your mother's womb. Let's talk about God seeing your unformed body, your frame was not hidden from him. Your frame, your unformed body, like you were, you were created by God. Let's talk about a human killing a baby in the secrecy of a womb. It's murder. It's wrong. It's a human being. It's an unborn human being. I'm not pushing a, a left or a right, a red or a blue, a donkey or a whatever, an elephant. I am not pushing a candidate. I'm saying this is a demonic way of thinking, and anyone who supports it, they're not getting my vote. And that needs to be said from pulpits, because there are people in the church who don't understand how to vote. 
They don't understand the issues of the day. They don't have a biblical worldview. They don't know how to look at the issues of today and and see them through the lens of the scriptures. They need a teacher to tell them. But we have some teachers and preachers and pastors that are too afraid to ruffle feathers or lose donors or or get in trouble with the board or lose followers or now we're not going to have butts in seats or we're not going to have a tithe and we're not going to have the same income. Who cares about that? Who cares what your income is if you're selling out? And on the flip side, your income doesn't matter if you're standing for truth. God's going to take care of you. But do you think God's going to honor you selling yourself short and selling out so that you don't ruffle feathers? At the cost of what? Pastors who don't preach against abortion are silently or maybe loudly supporting abortion. Because if you're not speaking out against it, then you're complicit in it. And that's what I have to say about that. But the church has gotten off easy. All you got to do is label something political and that makes it seem like we don't have to get involved. And they say, well, Jesus didn't do anything political. Dude, Jesus was here for one purpose and that was to die on the cross. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Why don't you study some early church? Why don't you read the Old Testament? Like people who served God were very much involved in politics. Ever heard of King David? That's a pretty political situation there being a king. How about Joseph? How about the influence that Abraham had? Well, he shouldn't be involved in politics. He shouldn't be talking to those people. That's demonic. That's separation of church and state. People don't even realize that the reason that that came to be was to keep the state out of the church, a.k.a. Governor Inslee, Governor Newsom. You can't tell me I can't worship. You can't tell me I can't gather and pray. You can't tell me that we can't sing out loud because of COVID. Church, it's not going to be infiltrated by the state. But we say, oh, separation of church and state, we think that means that the church should stay out of the state. Well, if the church is out of the state, then you're not going to have a church-filled state. Look at California. Look at Washington. Look at Oregon. Look at, look at Illinois. Look at New York. Now, I have friends who pastor great churches in those states but the state as a whole it's a sinking ship man why because they have a demonically flesh-driven prideful envy selfish governor running that state and if you don't have christians holding the line speaking truth combating these bills and laws and mandates that come down that are totally ungodly, then the people that are demonically and flesh-driven, are they're, they're going to have their way. And guess what? The people are going to groan. I love what Charlie Kirk says. Uh, he says, My number one goal is to serve God with everything inside of me, which is a great goal to have because that's, that's, it's a command. The first commandment we've been given in the new covenant, is to love the Lord our God with everything that we have, and then to love our neighbor as ourselves. So Charlie says, number one for me is loving God with everything. Number two is living in a country where I can do number one freely. And he says, that's my priorities, and I never will get those mixed up. There's people that, if you even mention politics, all of a sudden they, they throw you in a group. 
they think that you're some like politically crazed Christian nationalists or whatever. That's all those little buzzwords and stuff. They're so stupid. Can we just be honest? Like that, that's just an easy way to label someone so you don't have to listen to them. Because if you listen to them, you might actually have to get up and do something. It's not wrong to say, hey, guess what? I was born in America. God put me here on purpose. And this is my country. And so as a Christian, I believe in something called stewardship. Stewardship, ever heard of it? That is where you take care of things that are yours or that you have a part of. You know, you steward it well. (laughs) Well, I've been born in this country and I need to steward it well. That means that I'm not going to talk trash about my own country. It means I'm not going to just bail out. I'm going to hold the line. And I'm going to contend for a godly country. I am going to believe for a revival across my country that God would come and have his way and that demonically influenced, flesh-driven people would bow down to God, come to their senses, come to themselves and repent of their sin and begin to follow Jesus and that our country would unashamedly and boldly become a Christian nation. Now you see the result of not doing that. I mean, look at what's happening nowadays. Look at look at the percentages of suicide and depression. They're skyrocketing. Look at the percentage of people that identify as LGBTQ or gender fluid. I mean, when I was a kid, there were only two genders and everyone else had a mental health issue. And now there's like 140 genders and you know, if you're if you're bold enough about it, you'll get invited to the White House. You'll get to make a video. They'll put you on the cover of Bud Light. I mean, are you kidding me? This is what happens when the church is silent on issues that we call political. We can't do it any longer, guys. We have to get in there. We have to speak up. Will you do it? Will you be bold? It starts with having a biblical worldview. And the only way you can have a biblical worldview is to know the Bible. You have to read God's Word. and You have to spend time with Him. So I want to encourage you in something as we wrap this up. Spend time in the Word. Then, when you see the issues of life, when you see the things that are happening, you will have a frame of reference of how it should be in the kingdom of God. You don't have to have the answers to everything, but if you have the Bible as your foundation, then you will be able to look at the issues of life and say, well, that's not how it is in the kingdom. And then you can speak life over it, and you can tear down demonic ideas and strongholds and principalities. That is what we are called to do. We have been given all of the tools and weapons necessary to war against demonic ideas and principalities and powers and, and, and things in dark places. That means that when demonic ideas come and they try to exalt themselves over a a city or a state or a nation, you as the Christian can stand there and say, no, that's not what's happening. That is not going to happen to kids in this state. That is not what kids are going to be exposed to. That is not going to become normal in the life of adults. That is not, and you will begin to see things 
the way that God sees them, and you will call them into a godly order, and you will denounce and tear down things that are evil. Instead of opting out to be silent, take the easy way out and say, well, that's just political, and I don't get involved in any of that stuff. Well, guess what? Your rights, your freedoms, your privileges, your laws, all of that comes from politics. And if you stop speaking into it, and every other Christian does too, there's going to be more and more and more extreme things until one day the Bible is hate speech, it's illegal to be a Christian, and then what? Then you're going to really wish that you had spoken up when you had the chance. Because I'll tell you this, if you can't be a bold Christian now when it's not illegal, you are definitely not going to be bold when it is illegal and you could be killed for your faith. I promise you that. You're not going to just have some random boldness. If you're operating under fear of man right now, well, imagine when your life's on the line. Come on, now is the time to stand for what you believe in. And I'm going to plug this school again because we are going to raise some people up to know their identity in Christ. Many people cave to fear of man because they are living for man. I want you to understand who you are in God. And so if you need to apply to that school and you want to learn some more, go to shanewinnings.com, apply to the Kingdom School. Hey, I hope this episode helped you even in some way. I mean, gosh, at least just wake you up if you need waking up. And just be honest with yourself. I'm not spanking anyone. I don't know you, but you know you, and you know what you need. You know the condition of your life and your soul. If you've been you know, demonstrating cowardice in this area, it's time to be bold. It's time to stop being silent about things that are wrong. Babies are being killed and mutilated in the womb. Kids are being mutilated outside of the womb. And it's only trying to get worse, but we have the answer. And guess what? Jesus has already overcome the world, so we have nothing to fear. Um, The worst thing they can do is kill us, and we're going to go be with Jesus forever. So you can't lose if you're a Christian. The only way you can lose is living a life of faithlessness. Don't be that person. Don't live like that. If you want to learn how to have more faith, you should pre-order my new book, Your Next Leap of Faith, because I talk about living a life of radical faith and obedience to God, how to hear his voice and then boldly follow it. If you want to pre-order my book, go to shanewinnings.com. It's on the front page. Uh, I really think you'll be blessed by it. It's coming out in October, so hop on that pre-order now. We have one more episode coming out this week. Tomorrow, we're dropping the final episode of the week, and then next week we'll be dropping a few new episodes as well. So make sure you subscribe, turn on notifications, and we will see you tomorrow.